could tell him put that in stone. Tell him put that in stone. Tell him put that in stone. Can't kick my feet up cause I ain't home. You can tell him put that in stone. Tell him put that in stone. Tell him put that. Never seen my ankle fade. Laughing daily, dangerous fades. Eyes on that last day. Long for that, but can't just wait. Call his name, I say my crate. Said he saved my, saved my plates. Treasures in me, cause I'm clay. Can't crack my code, I'm safe. Focus my aim, they grow through the pain. This road ain't in vain. So when he's stoking the flames, hope that no one can restrain. Still mate, get blood on my shirt. It's a real fight. Ain't built for this world, it'll feel right. Feel remember what I feel like. Tell him put that in stone. Tell him put that in stone. Tell him put that in stone. Can't kick my feet up cause I ain't home. You can tell him put that in stone. Tell him put that in stone. Tell him put that. Can't live for profit, they pay us. Tryna live like the profit that's hail. My hopes in later. But I grind right now, it's layers. I'm fighting my independence. Them comments can't end my sentence. We broke it up in a tantrum. What the my bad is been is been. And see what I'm on. I've been in my zone. The ceiling is gone. Who sick is the feeling is sound? Tell them to drill it is down. Hey, still. Told them it's not no drill. They feel like I'm not for real. F- feeling glad he got that wheel. Tell him put that in stone. Tell him put that in stone. Tell him put that in stone. Can't kick my feet up cause I ain't home. You can tell him put that in stone. Tell him put that in stone. Tell him put that. Hello and welcome back to another episode of 6060. In this episode we're going to be continuing with the topic of are you ready for the end and um, continuing on with the discourse with regards to how Christians should be handling the end of their own lives. So without further ado let's hop straight back in. I hear you but apparently that um you are um, you wouldn't want people to see you as being blunt um, but you know 
there is a time for sternness. There is a time to be blunt. And I think we are definitely in the place and the time and the season where sternness, gravity, gravitas is late on the scene. If everything seems and appears to be jovial and, and escapism, you know, as if I, 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 I correct you, Brother Paramvia, but I smile at the same time. I'm not sure that you're going to receive that um, correction as how you ought to receive it. Sometimes there, sometimes we have to show stern faces, and it's not big. Stern faces does not mean lack of love. It doesn't mean lack of empathy. It means that the moment demands seriousness. Yeah. I think we saw a picture of that, and God is giving, is teaching a lesson to us through um, Ezekiel. And when God told Ezekiel, he says, son of man, I want you to marry um, this beautiful young woman that you, I want you to fall in love with her. And then I want you to marry her. And God says to Ezekiel, and the the day after you marry her, I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I, 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 I don't have the scripture in front of me. The day after you marry her, I'm going to take her. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take her life. And God says to the prophet Ezekiel, and you will not shed a tear. You will not go with a sorrowful face. You will take it in its stride. You and then Ezekiel said, and so I married her. I fell in love with her. I married her. And I buried her and I got on with life. And can you imagine now the story is now everybody think that Ezekiel is mad. And he's lost the plot because his wife, his beautiful young wife that he loves has died. And he hasn't even shed a tear. There's no mourning. There's no sackcloth. There's no ashes. There's nothing demonstrating sorrow. And God is saying, you know what time you're in Ezekiel? This is not a time for, for this is not a time for tears. This is not a time to, to mourn. The, 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 the problem that, is, that surrounds us doesn't give us the, um, the latitude, the pleasure, the pause to be mourning. It's, it, it, that is so strange. It's a time that is even more serious than mourning, than spending time mourning. You know, in war, a soldier's got no time to mourn. Your, your comrade dropped your comrade your comrade is shot shut down dead you got no time to to be to be crying because bullets are flying everywhere danger is everywhere you know focus we're in the moment to focus you know and um, so I think personally that church well when I say church now you understand I mean our congregating our assemblage our things that we do physically and emotionally together. I think it's become very, it, it appears very light. It appears very, um, very um, play-ish, play-ish. You know, you know um, seriousness and God-focusedness and scripture-focusedness and holiness and righteousness and, and those kind of a focusedness, those, those um, 
those um, beautiful virtues, um, they, they, they are not, they are not the, the main gravity, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance, those supposed to be the, the, the brightest shining apple in this dull tree, you know, and, and those things the church ought to um, promote and encourage to be seen among the members, because those are the things that will draw sinners to the cross of Jesus Christ when they see our good works and they will come to glorify God. Those are the, so, so, uh, you know, go back again, you know, to a statement that, that, that was made, uh, you know, um, um, so we're not looking, we definitely ought not to be looking for faults in people, but when they manifest themselves, you should, we should highlight them and we should, we should, we should um, provoke people back to the scripture to, to look at their conducts and whatever else, because, you know, Christ does say, by their fruit, you shall know them, you know, by my fruit, you will know whether or not I am behaving like a child of God, you know, and so we ask ourselves, so, 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 so yes, it is right that every man, forget about what the other man or the other woman is doing, get on with your bit. Be what God called you to be. You know, shine with the light that God called you to shine. It's a little bit like the apostle Peter. <laughs> you know, bless him. And no criticism. I'm just, he, he, they're given to us, for example. So what they did and what they manifested, those are those has become the examples that we should use as beacon and as reference to know what kind of men and what kind of Christians we are to be. So here's the apostle Peter now after the resurrection. And Jesus is admonishing them and telling them what's going to happen. And he says, he says something to Peter. He says, you know, oh, Peter, when you were young, you did what you did and you went, you went within your strength and in your mind to do whatever you wanted. But the day is coming when another shall carry you where you would not go. And, and the scripture says, and by this, he was signifying to him how he was going to die, <laughs> you know. And then Peter got that message. He says, yeah, so, so I'm going to die like that. He turned around to Jesus and he said to Jesus, and what shall this man do? Or, or what shall become of this man? And what shall this man do? So Peter was asking about John, whom the, the disciple whom they all knew that Jesus loved and that loved Jesus. And they, 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 Peter said, and what about, what about Paramvir? You, you've just told me what's going to happen to me. And what about Paramvir? What about Reese? God says, and this is the sternness of Christ. Suppose I would that he would tarry till I come. What is that to you? You just follow me. You know, and the point I'm saying, you know, you know, we need to get on with our bit. And my bit is to be righteous. My bit is to be perfect before God. My bit is to do, is to show that the virtues of God shine through me. And if another man, and probably I, probably high end will sharpen and probably another man or another woman will see the grace of God in me and will envy and will want to be like that. And we'll see the blessings of God bestowed upon me and you and others. And we will, we will want to, we will want to, um, to some of that goodness to be, to be in us. So we will, we'll ask Pramvila, what kind of life are you living? Why, what, why, why you are so, why you're so happy in the Lord? And Pramvila said, well, I fast, I fast twice a week. 
you know, I, 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 am, I, I read the scripture and I meditate. I go into prayer meeting. I, I, you know, I go for a walk and I, and I meditate and I, and, I, and, I, and I go to a place where, where I can call upon the Lord and I say, Lord, I am a sinner. Hear me. God bless me. These, this is what I have done, Pramvia said, why, I am the, why the Lord seems to be blessing me. So, but here I come to another bit now. We can't let leadership off the hook. God forbid that we should let leadership off the hook because that's why they are leaders, not to be let off the hook so that they can be looked up to. And if they are in position where they cannot be looked up to for guidance and leading and virtue, then why are they there? You know, so we, I will never let leaders off the hook. If I'm a leader, don't let me off the hook. I should be demonstrating virtues above and beyond. You know, so... So why are leaders given to us? They're not given to us as decoration or as a name. They're given to us, the Bible says, for he gave some apostles and some prophets and some teachers, whatever, for the perfecting of the saints, you know, to help the saints to grow up, to mature. So a lot of, we talk, sometimes we, sometimes we shy away from the judgment word, but judgment, judging. Now, judgment does not mean, the judgment that I'm talking about does not mean you're casting judgment on people saying you are condemned you are doomed you know i am the judgment we do do righteous judgment we weigh up things we weigh up behavior we weigh up words we weigh up attitudes and we make a judgment on them not with reference to myself but with reference to the scripture but brother parmvir the scripture says that you should not do this but that's what you're doing my brother so how do you how do you how do you marry that as a christian that is judgment but it is not unholy judgment i'm not imposing i'm a kind of a quasi non-biblical thing i'm saying i see this and i measure it in scripture and this is what i see you doing and it's not biblical you know, and that's what leaders are for. Leaders are supposed to look at the members, look at the people and see and have a good, a good judgment if we are behaving. Now, there are things, and I'm not saying that the, the leaders will be perfect to read our heart. He can't do nothing what he can't read. But, you know, so but what oh, usually bad behavior doesn't stay inside. It manifests itself outwardly. You know, 99.9% .9 of the time, bad behavior, bad attitude, bad spirit does not rest silently. It manifests itself in, and this is what some people um, um, think that they, when we ask, you know, about church and the assembly and things like that, some people think that they can stop in their bedroom and that's, and that's honky-dory. Well, I'm telling you, that is a good way to, to open your own door to hell because the one way that I am perfected is when, I bump shoulder with Brother Parmvir, then, my, then my, um, my badness comes out and I know those things need to be corrected. You know, the bad things in us must not stay. It needs, to be, it needs to come out so that we can address it. If it don't come out, we can't address it. But because it don't come out, does that mean it's not there? It is still there. And so when we engage as brothers and sisters together, the demons in us come out and then we prostrate to the altar and say, God, demon is in me and I didn't know it. You know, but when we hide away in our little bedroom and in our little closet and things like that and think that say, we are nice and hunky-dory and we're not offending anybody, you're offending your own soul and you're making your own bed to hell. You know, so we need, 
what is in us need exposing? And that's what Jesus Christ did with his disciples. There's a lot of silly things in the disciples, a lot of bad things. But Jesus brought them into situation and circumstances that would bring them to the surface. And when they came to the surface, you know, then the disciples would see their naughtiness and Jesus addressed it. And, and that's how we become perfect. The things that are in us that are hidden need to come out. You know, so one of the big mistakes we make with it, because it doesn't come out, mean, mean that it's not there. It's there and it needs to come out. And some of the biggest way that it come out is when we engage with other people, because people help to bring out the good and the bad in us, you know. And, and, and so we need, we need one another. We need one another to bring out things. So sometimes somebody step up. Yeah, the, the Bible says all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. So somebody somebody did something bad against you and you, you, we just rile up against them. But what has that done? It's bringing out in us something. So for example, if Brother Paramvir does something and I get really mad and angry with him, Brother Paramvir, whatever you did to me, it was good mm-hmm. because it's helped to come to the surface the thing that I need to address before God, the things that's in me that I need to address. Because if you did not do that to me, the same thing would be, it's still there. It just has not come out. But, and because it's there, that means that God holds it because God don't judge only what I do. He judge what I'm thinking and how I am inside. You know, so, but here's the thing, Brother Reese, concerning one of the questions that you ask um, about how should we prepare, should, preparing ourselves for death? Preparing ourselves for the end. And I think the hand really, the hand is great. The hand is like the hand of what? The hand of my life, the hand of my journey. I have fought a good fight and the hand is here. You know, whether it be through sickness or, 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 or whatever, that is the hand, you know, and, they, and they, the kind of a rapture, the kind of uh, end time, the kind of uh, um, Putin versus China, China versus America kind of a scenario, the, the mark of the beast, the beast and the antichrist and all those things. That's a different kind of an end, but there is a hand for everybody and it's called death. And we know not the day, nor the hour, nor the minute. And that's the one we need to prepare for, you know. Um, but listen to this, um, how you ask how, should, it's not talked about a lot, you know. And the way that you, you know, the way that you help children not to be afraid of certain things is not by not talking about it. Mm. It's by talking about it in a mature and, 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 and balanced and healthy way so that they will deal with it, you know? And, and so that's how you deal with things that children don't want to address. You, it needs to be talked about, you know? So listen to what um, Ecclesiastes says about this thing you asked Reese about preparing for death. And it tells, us how, it tells us how to prepare for it. Ecclesiastes 7, it tells us how to prepare for it. It tells us what to do. It says, look, a good name is better than precious ointment. And, and listen to this. And the day of one's death than the day of one's birth. <laughs> and he gives the reason for that now. He gives the reason. He just said the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. And he doesn't end there. He says, I'm going to, you, you, you think I'm strange. You think I'm mad, he, the, the, the preacher is saying. But let me explain to you what I mean and see if you can. If your, if your mind can be opened up and you can see it, he says, it is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. To go to the house of mourning means to go to the place of death. 
It means to go to the place where, where people are crying and weeping and lamenting for those who have died. The place of death where it is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. Why? For that is the end of all men. Mourning is the death is the end of all men. So get acquainted with it. Don't run from it because it's going to catch up on you. It doesn't matter how fast you run. It's going to catch up on you. Don't matter how much you go to the gym and push and press iron. Don't matter how much vitamins you have. It's going to catch up on you. Doesn't matter how you go to bed at, at the reasonable time and get good rest and all that. Death is still going to catch up on you. You can't escape it. It's inevitable. It's a part of, it's a part of the journey of life. You know, so it is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. Why? For that is the end of some men, all men. And the living will lay it to heart. The living will think about it. So, you know, when we have funerals and things like that, funerals are not really about, about the dead people in my book. Funerals and the funeral service is about us who are going who is going to who are going to go to where those dead people are gone you know we're going to die let us reflect on our hand let us reflect on our mortality let us reflect on the fragility of our life i love what the psalmist david said he recognized this he says lord let me know my hand let me know how long i have to live let me know when it's going to happen let me know my hand why so that I may recognize and know just how frail I am before you. He said, look, you have made my days as an unbred and my age is as nothingness. Help me to reconcile that. Help me to keep it in mind that I am not immortal, that I'm not invincible, that I have a finite life and that it could come at any moment. So he says, so he says, you know, he says, it is better to go to the house of mourning than to the, to the house of feasting for, that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it this to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for the sadness of the countenance of the heart is made by sorry, for by the sadness of the count by the for by the by sadness of the for by the sadness of the countenance, the heart is made better. You know, so when I am sad, I will become a better person because I am reflecting on the thing that made me sad, my own attitude probably that made me sad. And by thinking and reflecting my sorrow, I will seek for something better, better, you know? And then, and then here it is, the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth, you know? Your, oh, the priority of the world is in the house of gaiety and partying and bazaars and, and carnivals. But the heart of the wise is in the house of God, reflecting and meditating on the inevitable, which will come to us. You know, so, so that's the preparation, Brother Paramvir, that we need, so Brother Reese, that we need to spend time as you rightly said, thinking, talking, remonstrating about the inevitable things that will come upon us. And then, then the, it, it's not a taboo. It's not, it doesn't become a fear. It's something that we're acquainted with. We talk about, you know, a death, you know, we, 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 we talk about what does it mean? What does it look like? What does it feel like, you know, you know to leave this world? And as Brother Parmvia said, and to make sure that it feels good, 
we live good in the Lord, and then it will not be a terror to us when it comes. One, we know that we're we living good in the Lord. Death will not be a terror, but still it's good to know that it's coming. Know that it's inevitable. Talk about it and, and look at it also. Get, get into a healthy mind frame to begin to begin. And it's a journey, it's, it's, it's a mindset to begin to think of it not as an enemy, but as an entrance into the place that we were long born for, and that's to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, so there are, there are some practical way to, way, things to do, and one of them definitely is not to be going to party every time, because going to party every time, you don't have no time to reflect on the inevitable. All you're seeing is the good time, the joy, the pleasure, the pleasure, pleasure. And then when that sad moment comes suddenly, is then you will be, be, be panicking and being uncertain. But death is something that we have to prepare for. And what are we preparing for it? Not the physical death, not, not making sure that you have a coffin, not making sure that you have a spot in the ground, making sure that the soul is right, making sure that the heart is right to meet the almighty God. Because when we die, they could throw us in the Atlantic Ocean and let the fishes feed on us. It doesn't matter. But the heart was ready to meet God. You know, what is that, Brother Prime? And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That's what, mm -hmm. that's what we need to do. We need to continue in the apostles' doctrine. And we know that the doctrines are the doctrines of life. And if we follow them, we have a guaranteed place with the Almighty God. Well, I hope you have enjoyed this discourse on this topic. Um, it's a very grim one in one respect, but I think it's also one worth having. Uh, like I mentioned on this podcast, like walking through my life with regards to how I handle death has certainly changed a lot more as I have come to trust Christ more, not only in life, but more so in death. There are things that I don't like about it. Um, most certainly, I don't think anybody enjoys death. But, um, and I think there, like it's, it's poignant, especially with the fact that we've gone through two plus years, or two and a bit years of things with the pandemic. Um, people are losing family members in Russia and Ukraine and other places in the world and it's a it's a reality that we certainly need to wrap our heads around because we unfortunately aren't going to be here on this side of life forever um, we certainly do believe that you know we raised up again like Christ in, um, hopefully in his, well and in his righteousness but um, death is very much transitional um, it's, an it's an inevitability that we do have to, to comprehend and to work out. Um, this conversation does gravitate into eschatology um, in the sense of how you view eschatology affects how you live. Um, we have recorded an impromptu um, episode very rough with um, one of my dear friends and uh, a few family members. Um, it's very rudimentary, um, so we'll post it so you can kind of get an idea um, on the different views, the pre-millennial, amillennial and post-millennial, and how we interpret certain scriptures with regards to that, um, but also how that affects our lives. 
Um, like I said, it's very rudimentary, so you would have to bear with me with regards to how it was put together. But um, it should at least shed light. Like it's a, it's an important thing, but it's also still an unessential. So we wouldn't go around blasting people saying they're not Christians or anything because they don't share this particular view. I think it is useful for Christians to know the different viewpoints and then for them to study scripture extensively to find out where they find themselves and it does very much kind of highlight um, how we interpret scripture or what sort of things we carry in when interpreting them and how it changes the trajectory of how we come to different viewpoints on the same thing. Um, I'll try and get that cleaned up and possibly ready for next week. Um, for the time being, I hope that this, at least this section of the of the discussion, has been very helpful. Um, and I say this in mind that again, you know, a lot of us have lost a lot of family members over the course of these past two and a half years. Another person for me of lost grandparents on both sides and aunts um, and uncles and there are others who are failing in health now as well um, even at the time of this being recorded but there is a hope that we have in Jesus Christ even in the midst of these dark times that when we do see those of those that we love leave this earth that we will see them again because of what the cross has done and what Christ has offered due to the cross so there's something that I would hopefully think that you can take hope in the same way that I have because um, that's definitely been a definitive thing that's swung the pendulum for me in the opposite direction and has certainly got me through this spectacular season of seeing so many people that you've grown up with disappear in such a short space of time I hope that you are able to drop your anchor in the rock that will never fade, never disappear never be overthrown that is in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ so with that said won't keep you guys any longer um, we do hope that you can join us for the future episodes there is one that Alfred has um, been inspired to, to go through in light of some discussions we've had recently uh, I think that might be quite interesting so certainly stay tuned for that but um, until the next one take care and God bless guys